Welcome to episode 127 of District of Conservation. This is your host, Gabriella Hoffman. If you're just joining us and caught with of my interview with EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler, let me know what you think of it. I will link it to the show notes if you missed it, but if you want to hear what is happening at the EPA, what you can expect from the agency in the remaining weeks, and what a successor EPA is going to look like, go check out that episode. I think you're going to like what Administrator Wheeler had to say to me. And you can watch the full-length video version, if you prefer that, as well, available on my YouTube. And you can expect this in column form either on Thursday or Friday at Town Hall from yours truly. This episode is going to be hunting-centered. I want to talk about a few interesting hunting tidbits you may have been unaware of that don't necessarily emanate from the nation's capital. Here are three stories from hunting-related news I'm going to share with you all today. Be more like Missouri and less like New Jersey with respect to wildlife management. How do I mean? New Jersey, if you've followed the podcast, has dabbled into very anti-science thinking with respect to black bear management efforts. Why do I say that? The state of Missouri is the latest state to allow for a black bear hunt. The conservation board in Missouri ignored pressure from humane society and other anti-hunting interests. I think over 13,000 comments were submitted. And the conservation board of Missouri unanimously voted four to zero to allow a limited bear hunt. And this is from St. Louis today. Missouri's four member conservation commission on Friday, this is last Friday, unanimously approved a framework for a state black bear hunt, the first since the founding of the Department of Conservation in the 1930s. The framework voted on Friday restricts black bear hunting to Missouri residents and limits the hunt to southern Missouri, according to a news release. Department of Conservation staff will present proposed hunting and permit quotas next spring for the hunt set for October 2021. Hunters will be able to apply for permits in May, the release said. And here's what one spokesman for the Department of Conservation said to counter the misinformation being fed by the Humane Society and people like that. Bears may not be disturbed, pushed, harassed, or taken from a den, the news release said. Only lone black bears may be taken. Hunters may not take bears that are known to be in the presence of other bears, including female black bears with cubs. Here is also what the St. Louis Today article reads. This is opposition from Kitty Block, CEO of the Humane Society of the United States, no friend to hunters, really a group that is so absent-minded and extreme when it comes to wildlife conservation. They're no barometer of true conservation efforts. So take what you hear from her lightly, tread lightly with her words, but here's what she said in response to the Conservation Commission voting to allow the black bear hunt. She said, quote, It is shameful that the MDC and the commission chose to pander to these special interests while ignoring the interests of the animals and the wishes of the state's residents, she said in a blog post. Now, you don't have to support black bear hunting to understand that it's a critical tool for management. Here in Virginia, believe it or not, despite some of the leadership we have, black bear hunting is a cherished tradition and it's one piece of the pie for management efforts. We have a lot of bears taken in the Commonwealth each year. I think last year there were several thousand bears legally and ethically harvested. And it's important to note that you have to differentiate between 
bears that are ethically harvested as part of the management system and poachers. Again, these people like Humane Society are trying to conflate poachers, invent conspiracies, and invent falsehoods about black bear management efforts, saying that black bears are rare, they're increasingly rare, they're endangered. If you look at the IUCN rating, which is like the barometer for wildlife conservation, black bears are listed as one of the least threatened species out there. The controversy surrounding this is completely overblown. Nobody in their right mind supports killing bear cubs. That's completely against the grain of what we're taught with respect to conservation ethics as hunters. We are never instructed in our hunter's education courses. I know having gone through this four years ago myself, you're never taught and encouraged to kill defenseless creatures. You're only taught to kill what is prescribed or what is allowed during hunting season. And I trust the Missouri Department of Conservation Commission to go through with this hunt pretty well. We're going to see a lot more obstruction to wildlife science and wildlife biology, I believe. We saw this in Colorado with the passage recently of the wolf reintroduction efforts by a slim margin, believe it or not, given that Colorado has tilted so far to the left. And we're seeing a changing dynamic there with respect to wildlife conservation efforts. They want ballot box biology, which is very counterintuitive and very dangerous to wildlife biology efforts and to conservation, it can be argued. But good for Missouri for standing their ground. Good for them for not listening to these radical interests, the truly radical interests, the, the humane society, which is no friend to conservation. Let's hope more states are more like Missouri and less like New Jersey in this respect. Another topic related to hunting, briefly for you guys. Both the Wall Street Journal and, believe it or not, Pew Trusts, an unlikely source, this latter source, have talked about one of the silver linings of COVID-19 being the fact that there's this really surprising surge of hunting and new hunters and people either returning to the field if they were displaced or people outright just picking up hunting for the first time ever. And here is what the Wall Street Journal said of this. Here's what the Wall Street Journal said about this phenomenon. Hunting license sales are up more than 12% nationwide from last year, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, a firearms trade group. If the trend continues through the end of the year, those license sales translate to 1 million more hunters this year than last, according to Jim Kerkurato, director of research with the foundation. And you can read more about that in the article called one of the pandemic's biggest winners hunting comb through that before the paywall goes through right now, as I'm looking at this article, it is accessible to the public, but the wall street journal highlighted this not surprising. They've been documenting kind of this resurgence of hunting in this country, following lagging participation numbers from the U S fish and wildlife's 2016 report that was published in fall of 2017. But even more surprisingly, like I'd mentioned, the Pew Trust said the pandemic has created new hunters. States need to keep them. What a great admission. And here's how the article reads. Conservationists and wildlife officials have spent years trying to stave off the decline of hunting in America. In 2020, they finally saw a glimmer of hope. And I'm coming through this. This year's surge in hunting coincided with increased interest in many outdoor activities as movie theaters, sporting events, and other entertainment options shut down. But the thousands of new hunters came as a surprise. It's not the sort of activity that's easy to pick up on a whim. And the article talked about the different case studies of states that have picked up hunting. Very fascinating. Good for them to kind of branch into this topic and that more 
kind of unlikely sources that are kind of more steeped into this preservationist environmentalist attitude are picking up on this and recognizing the role that hunters like anglers play in conservation with those monies picked up from hunting licenses, fishing licenses, and gun and ammo purchases that are extracted through excise taxes that go back to the Department of Interior, which they disperse through the Pittman-Robertson Act to go to the 50 different state wildlife agencies. That's a mechanism. I will explain more in detail if you aren't already familiar with it. But more and more mainstream media sources, some that are friendly to hunting, others that were pretty hostile but maybe are changing their tune on it, are starting to recognize the contributions of hunters. And this is positive, a great development. I like to see this. I'm going to give my heartfelt kudos to both Pew and to Wall Street Journal for doing their due diligence in reporting on this trend. And we're going to see the effects of this. And both of these articles talked about, obviously, the recruitment component to our three efforts, recruitment, retention, and reactivation, are trying to be fulfilled. Next year, it's going to be a challenge of retaining these people, retaining new hunters. It'll be interesting, 2021, to see if retention and possibly reactivation efforts are going to be seen. A third and final hunting-related story I want to talk to you guys about briefly is that our friends over at Blood Origins, we've interviewed Robbie Kroger here on the podcast. I've gotten to know him over the course of a few years. They themselves have just started to dip into podcasting. They're also in the wilderness category on Apple Podcasts, and I think it's more than appropriate to welcome them to this type of medium We welcome more wilderness podcasts, especially those who've come on the program before. I think they're doing a great job with storytelling and shedding light on the misconceptions of hunting and even steeping into kind of no man's land when it comes to different topic discussions. I know they're not afraid to challenge norms. I know they are bringing on non-consumptive users and consumptive users. They're trying to shape the narrative and really just communicate that hunting is more than just a kill shot and hunting is more than just gripping grants. It's an all-encompassing thing. It's a tradition. It's a key component to the United States and also to the globe as well. They don't just focus on the United States. I think actually more of their focus actually is abroad in Africa, in Australia, New Zealand, and other countries. So they're trying to cover the gamut of hunting all across the globe and also focusing here in North America. So Robbie Kroger and... Cody McLaughlin, also a past guest on the show and a friend of mine, Robbie tapped Cody to produce the podcast. I've combed through some of the episodes. I really like what I'm hearing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of District of Conservation. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat or a guest announcement. Head over to Apple Podcasts, if you haven't already, to download some past episodes, to hit the subscribe button, and to ultimately leave us some reviews if you really like the content. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your week. I will follow up with you guys on Monday. Encourage your friends to find us, follow us, engage with us, and have a great weekend. Stay safe.